are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows. Here are your There's long and This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. In this episode, this is episode 56, we chat about what you, the listeners, are chatting about. And we give you our thoughts about what you're chatting about. And we share some of what we are reading and involved with. My name is Scott Hartzog. Hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are the hosts of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. And this is a show where we chat, again, with what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we spoil stuff. Oh, my, yes. We are going to Absolutely. spoil We spoil it. Balticon, Miles, Balticon. Let's talk about Balticon a little bit. We just got back from Balticon. And um, sci-fi fans who are... More fans of the literature end of science fiction, this, they will find, they'll be very at home here. Yeah, and if, especially if you're looking at maybe doing some of that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Very informative. I mean, exactly. There are people there that will help you get started, I mean, from, from the experts themselves. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the panels that if you mm-hmm. went to Balticon, what are some of the panels that you could have been involved with? You could have been part of um, – Getting your own website started if you're, you know, an aspiring author or musician. Right. Um, if you're interested in, you know, digital versus paper comics, that was the first panel that we sat in on. That's right. Um, uh, anime 101, as one I attended. Right. Um, military. Miles is so- going in cosplay anime next time. <laughs> Sailor Moon. <coughs> Just kidding. Well, you never know. Um, you um, Scott Ziegler in the Galactic Football League universe mm-hmm. and expanded universe with Nathan Lomer Lafferty and uh, and and, and Greg Eakley. And I attended one uh, how social media has affected politics. Ooh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And I heard that was pretty good. That was very interesting, and and it was you know, I mean, you you usually you would think a sci-fi convention you'd have. When people on certain sides of the fence, and they probably were, but they were very objective, and it was more more informative than you know just you know talking about certain political agendas. It was just you know how how, how just how social media has affected things in politics. Yeah, mm-hmm. podcasting one hundred and one. I went to that one, mm-hmm. and you know I. I know I've been podcasting for a while, but there's always tips and tricks you learn from people who do it, maybe slightly differently, and so that's right. kind of what I pulled from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me another one. You were a military one. Yeah, it was how how um, the military is catching up with today's sci-fi. So we're going to have pulse rifles soon. Awesome. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was more than that. It was also a discussion, and which was in the the, the men that were leading the panel. They were all uh, either ex-military or serving. I think the one leading the panel was was, was, was serving in the Coast Guard. Uh, just um, not just the weapons of war, but the whole philosophy of waging war. Um, how that's you know how that's changed or how it's not caught up. It was just you know, it, it was it was a good discussion. Yeah, you attended a podcasting one as well, right? A mm-hmm. favorite podcast, favorite podcasts. Uh, so it was a good good opportunity to inf- 
for everybody to inform what, what other podcasts are out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one, I like e-publish or die. Oh. Yeah, it was violent, a violent pot. No, it wasn't. But it's just talking about how, you know, as a as a writer today, you can actually get your stuff published and gain quite a following without necessarily having to have it officially published by the big six. Yeah, that's the, the world of publishing has changed, and so you're going to have to be a little more creative to get your stuff out there, too. In some ways, it's a bit more accessible. No longer are you kept from getting stuff published just because some editor doesn't like it. You can have stuff published, mm-hmm. and really, the content's almost sky's the limit anymore. Yeah, the internet has definitely changed that. Yep, yep. Very so, Balticon, I mean, I'm just telling you, folks, if, you know, not not only was it just a chance to, you know, meet, meet writers, but if, if you want, if there's anything you want to learn, they had some fantastic panels there for you. Absolutely. It was very, you know, informative educational stuff out there. Awesome. You know, and, you know, we met some really cool people at this con. You yes. know, mm-hmm. the one thing about this con that I liked was there was a relational aspect and probably came from us sitting at the bar both nights, or at least I sat at the bar both nights. You sat the one night with mm-hmm. me, and we just had a rip roaring time. Who are some of the people that stand out? Well, um, we got to finally meet uh, John Moreau in person. Yeah, finally, and he looks exactly like his avatar. <laughs> I mean, none of this, like, you know, him, you know, appearing something he's not. Not right. What you see is what you get. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, and boy, did you get something with him? He didn't need any alcohol to help him loosen up. All yeah, he needed he is was coffee. Just a little coffee, and he was life of the party. Yep, that's right. And his biggest goose for the weekend? Hey, he's Canadian. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. He's Canadian, so uh, he can do anything. Well, all good sci-fi comes from Canada, right? That's now. right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You hear that, John? All good sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Scott Ziegler might not agree, though. Uh, got a chance to meet Scott Ziegler finally and chat with him a little bit because, mm-hmm. after all, we had him on the podcast a few right. months ago. That's right. So I did download all his stuff on iTunes. I don't know when I'll ever get to listen to it, but he's got a lot. I mean, he's he got a lot of content. He does. He mm-hmm. does produce uh, another person. I was excited about Nathan Lowell. Mm-hmm. We chatted about interviewing at the con, but we actually didn't pull one. Our, I didn't pull my recorder out at all. No, this was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy interviewing people at the cons, but this, this was nice. Just take a break from the interview. It part. was a nice just to be a part of that. And we you know we did develop relations. We are going to have Nathan Lowell on, right? Um, we're going to have Mer Lafferty on, mm-hmm. and we'll probably have some other people on from the con. But that was just it was just cool to hang out. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Keith uh, uh, DeCanado there too. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't not see him. Yeah. Richard Wright was there. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I saw him kind of in passing, but mm-hmm. I was in the middle of another conversation or something mm-hmm. then. Um, Dave Robinson, yes, yes, the, the Roundtable podcast. Mm-hmm. That was a good meet. Yeah, I, I think we 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 met, met a friend of David, and so uh, we'll definitely have to uh, invite him to the podcast. Do you know how I met him? I went down early, right, to the con. Yes, because um, you had errands or something you were doing, and I went down because John said, "Hey, you know." I kind of tweeted him because I knew he was there already. I said, hey, you want to do lunch sometime? He goes, yeah, can you be down here at 11.30? I looked at my clock. It was 11 o'clock. I said, there's oh. no way I'm coming down there then. I said, but about 12.30. Right. So I get down there at 12.30, and who does John run into right away but Dave mm-hmm. Robinson and his wife? I'm sorry. I forget your wife's name, Dave. But um, and, and so we would go out to Panera Bread, and that's kind of how I got to know Dave. Mm-hmm. And talk about a really nice guy. Uh, yeah, he's a fantastic guy. So. Yeah. So, so really cool to kind of see him, Dave Robinson. Paulie Cooley, mm-hmm. another really nice guy, but boy, talk about a writer that, that pushes boundaries. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's not for everyone. J.P. Harvey warned me. He says, you might want to talk to uh, Paulie Cooley, mm-hmm. uh, but you may not want him on the podcast. <laughs> so, so we'll see. I actually want to listen to some of his stuff. I'm not saying we won't have him on. But, right. But uh, he's just a really nice guy around, all around. Right. And James Keeling. 
uh, another one. And uh, there, there are so many people out there that I'm probably not mentioning. And I'm sorry if I, mm-hmm. you know, Sci-Fi Laura, we just had her on to talk parsecs. I, mm-hmm. We met her at Farpoint, mm-hmm. her, you know, and his wife. So we met, we met a lot of great people at, at uh, uh, BoltCon. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Paul Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, there as well who we met Paul Fisher before. was a busy man at the con he was mm-hmm. um, I'm still bitter that you were your name was on the list and I wasn't no, that, that's an uh, interesting mix up there yeah uh, well, no, I, let's make a correction uh, my name was not on the list some other guy by the name of Mike McLaughlin yeah I don't know who Mike McLaughlin is I don't is, either but uh, with the address for the Sci-Fi Diner podcast so, somehow I submitted Miles' name and somehow I was not in that list. Right. So, so I got so, miles in, but not myself. So I took Mike McLaughlin's badge and uh, <laughs> right, right. And, uh, went around the con that way. Okay, Mike. Now it's my turn to talk. <laughs> you didn't uh, get a badge. I didn't get a badge. <laughs> uh, Lee Kemp said, I think that Miles got the best panel on military aspects on machines and guns getting closer to what we see in sci-fi. Yeah, Lee would have cool. enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, Lee panel. would have definitely enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Neo Otterstein on, uh, on the Facebook fan page said, from Sunday night short film festival, we weren't there for that. His favorite piece was called Astronauts. Quite hilarious. It must have been a, I'll put a link in the show notes, but it must have been a humorous look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, his live action winner was the Oplique Sector. Again, these are the video awards, again, which we didn't stay for. It said, lots of great moments with... Um, uh, I guess the, uh, she was the guest uh, of honor. Yeah, yeah, the guest of honor, Jody Lynn Nye. In addition to the Iron Artist competition on Sunday and the Xeno Archaeology panel on Sunday, were probably my favorites. Maybe you'll see some of my Sunday photos here, and there's a link. Oh. And so I'll put that put those links in the show notes. So if you want to see them, you can. And that's great. John Miro, by the way, did say did say to you, Miles. Said Miles, it was really good to have finally seen you with my own eyes. You're kind of pasty for a Klingon. Otherwise, you fit the bill. Kapla. Well, if you wa- there's episode D Space Nine where there's an albino Klingon. Oh, so that's what you're shooting for? No, but that's just uh, uh, just by default. I have to, you know, <laughs> just yeah. by default. Yeah. Um, I did pick up the game Castle Panic. Mm-hmm. We played it last night with the kids, and they actually kind of enjoyed it. My daughter was kind of bored, but my son was into it. And my wife, who it's really hard to get her into ga- a game, like she does not like Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. You know. Curse her. No, I love my wife. But, you know, but she did, she did like Castle Panic. Mm-hmm. So, hey, might have had a winner. Well, I was telling you there that I was having a hard time finding a little something for my wife there. And uh, I actually did find something. Um, I, I decided to walk, walk through the dealer's tables one more time. And um, this uh, dealer had these um, souvenir glasses. Ooh. Uh, and uh, he had one classic Battlestar Galactica one with uh, um, Apollo on there. Oh, very cool. And so I bought that for my wife. Awesome. You know, one of the things I almost picked up was I found the exact edition of the book that got me into science fiction reading, mm-hmm. and that was Galactic Derelict by Andre, Nor- Andre Norton, my middle school librarian. I don't even remember her name anymore, but in middle school, she said, if you're interested in science fiction, why don't you read this? Mm-hmm. And so she handed me this book, and I read it, and I haven't stopped reading sci-fi since. Mm-hmm. And they had the edition at at Balticon. But? But... Uh, I said, so what's the price of this? He opened up the cover, $400. Whoa. $400. And he said, tell you what, I'll give it to you for 250 And I still said, whoa. And it wasn't like, there was some edge wear to it, so it wasn't like in totally mint condition. He's I would think if it was a I was going to say, if this is mint and maybe signed, maybe. Right, but uh, not in its current condition. No, it, it was good condition. I still have like two or three copies of the book. I just don't have this edition of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if someone wants to show me love, you can get me this edition. I guess the late 70s edition of Galactic Derelict. So, or whatever. But, 
Well, let's move on. And uh, this came from uh, Richie S- uh, Selfridge, who was a winner in our contest of the Amelia Ullerup and Kristen Bauer, Kirsten Bauer, Kristen Bauer uh, giveaway that we had. Mm-hmm. And he wrote in to say this. And I, and I included this because I thought that this is important information for people to know. Um, hey, guys. So awesome to hear my name mentioned on your podcast last uh, last yesterday i was wondering does answering one question correctly and getting a prize prevent me from getting future prizes miles uh rich um sorry but no yep you can get other prizes you just 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 because you won doesn't mean you can't enter our next trivia question again you you have to earn it that's right because he he said if so could i wait to collect the prize until it's bsg or star trek related well richie Trivia for this next week is going to be BSG related. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to win a little bit of Michael Hogan. Yeah, so I mean, um, Michael Hogan. Rich, just just answer the question correctly, and you, you'll be in the running for it. Yep. So absolutely. So uh, he did say, "Are either of you going to Star Trek convention in Vegas in August?" Miles, unfortunately, I can't. No, uh, I'm hitting three cons this year, and that's actually a record. Yeah, me too. We've been doing two, and so. If I get to another con, it's going to be nearby probably, and it'll be last minute. At this point, I'm not planning, unless a miracle happens, I'm mm-hmm. not planning to go to Vegas. I'll be getting back from Disney like a week or two prior to that, and so I don't think I'd be going. Right, and there, there, at Philadelphia Comic Con, um, if I would have had, you know... Is that Phil Con? Is that what they call Phil Con? Yeah, if I was blessed with a little more financial resources, I might have considered going to that. Cause That's like next week or something, right? It's this weekend. It's um, They're going to have... Uh, uh, Christopher Hemsworth, a guy who played Thor, and oh, uh, yeah. and George Kirk, and I think if I read the article correctly, they're gonna have you know all five captains there. But um, that'd be awesome. That would have been awesome. But uh, no, usually right now we're just you know far point and short leave. Yeah, he said thanks again. Love the show, and thank you for listening to the show. Richie. We're delighted to have you as a listener. Yeah. Um, now we did get an uh, we did get a couple of iTunes reviews. I just wanted to share these and. Uh, JP writes and he says, Scott, I just realized and corrected my negligence. I can't believe I never left a review for the podcast on iTunes. Just fix it, though. It's under there under my names. <clears throat> James Hardy, but that doesn't mean you get to call me James. JP's just fine. <laughs> just so you know that, Miles. No okay. calling him James. So, James, thank you for – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but really looking forward to my chance to rewind Logan's run with you guys. And it's killing me. I'm missing Bolticon for the first time in three years. Would have been awesome to meet you and Miles face-to-face this weekend. More soon. So here's what JP had today, and thank you for writing in, JP, and letting us know that you left us. But JP had this to say in the iTunes review. I listened to Scott and Miles. It's titled, A Sci-Fi Diner for the Mind. I listened to Scott and Miles for quite a while, since some of their earliest episodes in the Sci-Fi Diner. Here's what you'll hear. A couple of good friends who happen to share your passion for science fiction. They're humble, approachable, regular guys who have a great relationship with their listeners. Each episode is what you enjoy if you sat with them at the kitchen table to discuss the latest in sci-fi TV, movies, and news. And there's a little something for everyone in the assortment of shows in the feed. But more than that, but more than just chit-chat, you'll quickly learn they've done their homework. I always finish an episode having learned something new. They supplement their main variety-filled podcasts with a few others dedicated specifically to their impressive assortment of interviews, classics, movie reviews, rewinds, and fan feedback conversations. If you want to enjoy a regular chat with a couple of like-minded buddies, subscribe. You won't be disappointed. 
Well, JP, thank you very much. Yeah, that's some good feedback. Thank you so much for sharing that and uh, giving us your uh, your thoughts on our shows. And uh, that's the way I like to be viewed. I, mm-hmm. I hope that people do view us that way. And, you know, we don't get a lot of people saying, hey, we don't like this in the show. But if there's something that you're doing that is that you, that you do want to share, we'd rather you have us email us directly if there's something that you want us to change or that we don't have levels quite right or something. We, we want to hear that stuff. We want to improve. Mm-hmm. Email us rather than post it here. We're definitely open to constructive criticism. Absolutely. By the way, Sammy Carter also gave some feedback. and This is off the Wrath of Khan. He said, I just found your podcast and listened to the Wrath of Khan episode. I can't complain at all. You covered all the best points of Khan and some things I never really thought about. Great podcast. Sammy. So thanks, Sammy, for uh, yes. leaving us that feedback as well. That was, that was great. Yeah, we appreciate that as always. So thanks for that awesome feedback. Um, we got this message in. This was regarding our Mark Okren inter- interview. Mm-hmm. Do you want to uh, read what he wrote? Sure. Uh, hey, uh, Sci-Fi Diner guys. I just listened to your podcast with Mark Okren regarding the uh, Atlantean language. After doing a search to try and, and find future appearances of Mr. Okren to try and get, get in contact with him, there are many people interested in interested in finding out for sure Mr. Okren is able to release uh, the 700 to 1,000 words that he created for the Disney movie or not. Is it possible for me to get his email or contact information? If, if that is possible that you are able to get from an interview, it would be very helpful and it would, and it would be possible. Thank you uh, for, for your time. Uh, Katsu Nikyu. Yeah, so thanks for writing in, Katsu. Uh, Miles, a suggestion on how to get a hold of Mark Okren. I know that he's on Facebook. He is, and, and I think I did a brief search for contact information, and it doesn't, there's not a lot out there, but I think if you want to contact him, mm-hmm. it's Facebook, or come to the Farpoint Convention next year. He's always at the Farpoint Convention. That's true. Does He, he doesn't make it a short leave, does he? I thought he did. Oh, well, maybe he does. We'll have to check, see if he's going to be a short leave. He might be a short leave, mm-hmm. but... Uh, so if you ha- get a chance to see him at a con, great. And if not, his Facebook fan, his Facebook page would probably be the way to try and contact him. Yeah. So and and I don't know if he would release that or not. I'm not sure if there's some sort of obligation with Disney or not that he can release that or not release that. That's a good question. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. imagine it be too hard, but mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, this next um, this next uh, yeah, email came from Deanna T. Bridgeville. Uh, Deanna T. from Bridgeville, PA. And she actually wrote in about the Sherlock finale, which happened in January, I believe. And and I got this email from her. So I'm just going to share. Let me share. First of all, before I read the email, I got to share a little bit about the finale or her email won't make sense. Okay. Did you watch Sherlock? No, I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't either. But I know that it's you know fairly popular. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a British show, right? Well, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who is going to be in the new Star Trek movie, he plays uh, Sherlock Holmes. Right, right. And he plays Khan in the new movie you know, or whatever. We that's think. what they say. That's so what they we'll say. Yeah. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. So... Here's what it says. This is off the Sherlock finale. It's been five old days since the Reichenbach fall tore out the hearts of Sherlock fans all over the country. Nearly 8 million viewers watched through tear-filled eyes as Sherlock Holmes jumped to his apparent death from the root, from the roof of St. Bart's Hospital, only to reappear in the last few seconds of the opposite in the episode Alive and Well. The internet has subsequently been engulfed with speculation surrounding just how he managed to cheat certain death. With series co-creator Stephen Moffat, who people know from uh, Doctor Who, uh, only adding to the madness by revealing at the Radio Times cover party, I've been online and looked at all the theories, and there's one clue that everyone's missed. It's something that Sherlock did that was very out of character, which nobody has picked up on. 
Hmm. So that's so that's just a little bit of the premise for it. Mm-hmm. So do you want to read what read, read? Why don't you read for us, Miles, what Deanna wrote? Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. I, I've been pondering the Sherlock uh, jump since it happened as to how. I figured Molly helped after he went in the hospital, but how did he do the fall? Sherlock picked the location of the meeting. I think he had all. He had an already dead body dressed in full mask of himself hidden on the rooftop. When he made the call, he could operate the dummy by strings. Told John to stay back and just toss it off. He was whisked away quickly and someone brushed the Watson's hands away from the Sherlock. Once inside, Molly could uh, handle the rest. Sherlock would, would, would slink out of the back and hide to protect his friends. Just a thought, but it had been bugging me. Uh, thank you both for your great podcast. Uh, peace and long life. Uh, DNIT from Bridgeville, PA. Yeah, so uh, that's as good of a theory as any, in my opinion. Again, I don't watch the show, but for those of you out there, if you do listen, if you do watch the show, let us know what you think about this theory. Mm-hmm. You know, you can call us at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. Our email is at sifidinerpodcast at gmail dot com. So, uh, but I, again, it's not one I watch, and I've heard good things about the show. Yeah, I've, I have too. Um, yeah, it's. Uh not really in the sci-fi genre, though. No, no, not really. But there, but I hear people that are sci-fi fanatics that do kind of uh, okay. enjoy it. I guess there is crossover. Yeah. Well, in, I guess the question is: Would you? Did you see the Sherlock movie with Robert Downey Jr.? No, I haven't. Yeah, and I guess there's 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 some technical stuff, and I guess you could say that I don't know. I don't know how true to the original it is. Mm-hmm. If there's any sci-fi base for it, mm-hmm. uh, maybe roundabout way because Stephen Moffat does, you know. Torchwood and mm-hmm. Doctor Who and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Jen from New York wrote in, and, and she had this to say. And I'm going to read the first part of the email, and I'll, leave you, I'll let you read the second. Is that okay. all right, Miles? Fine. I said, hi, Scott and Miles. I wanted to write in and mention the fact that I've always been a Trek fan, and the only Trek series I never cared for was Star Trek Enterprise. And it was only for a couple of reasons. I mean, I liked the fact that Scott Bakula was captain and that he actually had a dog on the ship, which I thought was really cool because I also had a beagle growing up when I was younger. So every time I saw the dog, it just killed me. But then after a while, I just couldn't get into it for some reason, whether it was because they changed a little bit of the history, which I couldn't get past, or maybe because... Or maybe also because of the little T'Pol and Trip show after a while. Or a little of the T'Pol and Trip show after a while. So what do you think of that? Um, yeah, I, Enterprise is definitely um, considered the, the red-headed stepchild of Star Trek. Okay. Um, they, they did sometimes play fast and loose with canon, but I think the fourth season they did a pretty good job of repairing some of the damage. Yeah, but as for the rest of them, keep up with DS9, Scott. The first scene was a little cheesy. Yes, I agree with that, but it was part of the character development in the beginning, I guess. And also, the one thing I liked about how in the beginning is how they crossed over Chief O'Brien. That character, you got to figure, I always felt he was the longest-running character because he was in Star Trek Next Generation for seven years, and another had to be the seven years in DS9 as well. Even though Worf crossed over later, but not as long as O'Brien. So he is one of my favorite characters because he got to do more too on DS9. I also love that he began to form a friendship with Dr. Bashir. But the show, I felt, was a lot more darker as well than TNG was, and I'm sure that's what they wanted to accomplish. And I know that at the time when it first came out, that not a lot of people liked it because of the fact 
because of that fact back then. But it really starts to get good. And then they did a lot of crossover into the dark alternate universes too. Especially how the original series did back when they brought evil Spock in and the rest of the evil crew in the TOS episode Mirror Mirror. Loved those episodes and also read a lot of the Star Trek books based on the Mirror Universe as well. Plus, DS9 also had a, a very... Avery Brooks's Captain Sisko who used to play Hawk. Um, although he had to get used to his look in DS9, and I used to see, although I had to get used to seeing his look in DS9, and not and not used to seeing him with hair, lol. And then he went back to that cool look later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and one other thing about Star Trek, he said, I also love Star Trek Voyager as well because of the fact that we had a first actual female Captain Janeway. She was awesome. She also reminded me of Captain Kirk a little bit in the way that she was more likely to shoot first and ask questions later. Other than Picard, who was more likely to talk you to death before he shot. Not like that method wasn't bad. Each captain had their own way of dealing with the enemy, for lack of a better word. I also had a huge crush on Tom Paris, too. One time, I even got the Robert Duncan McNeil. I, got, I even got Robert Duncan McNeil at a convention, and I actually got him to sign the same autograph twice at two different conventions. And then he goes to me after a second time, and then then after a second time, he goes to me. You know, uh, that will never be worth anything. I just thought it was funny and something cute. And I said it would mean something it would mean something to me. So what do you think about our comments on track at this point? Um Yeah, as far as, as D Space Nine goes, uh, I, I agree. I mean it it definitely it it, it 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 goes a little darker than other Star Trek series goes. Um and you know, I, I liked it when they added Worf. Um as far as you know Janeway being the first female captain on Star Trek, that, that was kind of a big thing at first. But then after a while, you just got used to it. You just, you know, she was just the captain. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you got to meet Robert Duncan McNeil. Um, I, I always enjoy the Tom Paris character. I hope maybe, you know, he might make a convention appearance near here. But he's got a busy career as a director and producer now, and he's done pretty well for himself, from what I understand. Uh, he's followed the footsteps of other Star Trek actors that have, after the show is over, um, you know, work behind the scenes as far as directing and producing. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles, why don't you read the rest of our email? Uh, anyway, as far as far as TV shows, I think a lot of them are all having their series finales. And I know I've heard uh, that Person of Interest was one of the first ones to be picked up for season two, which I'm happy about. I said before, between uh, Person of Interest and Hawaii Five-0, both had interesting finales. With uh, a Person of Interest, I never would have suspected that uh, Amy Acker was the bad guy at the end of the episode. So she did a really good acting job that way. And now I'm sure uh, Reese is going to have to find Harold, where she took him. As for uh, Hawaii Five-0, I was also surprised and wondered why. I just picked one of the crew in Daniel Day Kim's characters, uh, Chin Kelly, that he had to choose in the end which uh, of his loved ones would live. I always hate season finales because I always suspect that something is going to happen to one of them or anything can happen to all of them. So just so just that alone always keeps me on the edge of the seat. But the guy went after Chin, and I wonder if Grace Park signed on for another season. Lots of laughs. Because that way they got left at it. Didn't look too good for her, unless she's pulled herself out the end because she's a good surfer. Just how long can they hold their breath? Or, or, how, or one of the other guys gets there in the nick of time. I guess it was just because Chin's character got away with going to jail for something he did earlier in the show. And I do kind of like Touch, although they haven't had their season finale yet. But I kind of like it. I always uh, still kind of wonder how all the stories are going to connect to the end. And the kid I feel is more closely to the computer uh, would be in person of interest. 
same type of thing. Also, well, before we move on, anything you want to comment on regarding what you're saying here? Um, not watching Person of Interest or Hawaii Five-0, so I can't really comment on that. But uh, I kind of lost interest with Touch. It just didn't uh, suck me in. So um, I did watch a few episodes, but I'll, I'll probably... Although, did you see us getting its own spinoff web series? Uh, I, 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 now that you said I remember somebody saying something about that. Yeah, so like here, this renewed one season has a spinoff web series already. Well, that's kind of interesting. A lot of people must be watching it for to you know. Well, it was renewed, that. so some people liked it. It's Kiefer Sutherland's doing something right. It didn't sure. catch me after the first episode either. Right. So, and I am watching Hawaii Five O, and I wish I was watching Person of Interest. It's just not available in any of the uh, sites I want to stream it from. Amazon Prime didn't even have it. At least I don't think they did. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, oh well. Um, well, let's move into uh, Awake. Do you want to read that, or do you want me to read? I'll read. That's fine. Okay. And also, I noticed I, I I did like Awake, even though it does take a lot of concentration, and I wouldn't be too upset to see it go. But I also noticed on the other another show that is similar to it. I feel is called Saving Hope. I think it's starring uh, Michael Shank, and I think that he's a main guy, and Eric Durant, who played uh, Lois on Smallville. But he plays a guy who is in a coma, but is having a kind of out of body experience and wants to get a message to his wife or girlfriend or whatever she is to him. I think it airs June seventh. I'll probably be there first watch since Michael Shanks and AKA Daniel Jackson. Well, of course, Michael Shanks. Yes, <laughs> and there's a lot I'm looking forward to as well. I've probably said before. Teen Wolf was on MTV, which is really cool, and it's on season two, June 3rd, I think. And True Blood on HBO. I couldn't get into Game of Thrones when it first came out because the very first episode uh, heads literally were rolling. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, not for me. It's weird. I can watch some certain things like True Blood and Walking Dead, but but that couldn't. Uh, but that I couldn't. Maybe someday I'll give it another try. Falling Skies as well, I'm looking forward to, and Warehouse 13 and Alphas. Oh, and I was also happy and excited that Supernatural got a season 8. Booyah. Anyway, I I guess that's it for now. Um, This is Jen from New York. Yeah, so thank you, Jen, for writing in and giving us all your thoughts. So, obviously, we're looking forward to Falling Skies, Warehouse 13, and Alphas coming Mm -hmm. back. Do we know when Alphas comes out or Warehouse 13? I have not seen the dates yet. I'm betting July. That sounds about right. That sounds right. TNT has, of course... uh, Falling Sky is coming out in about three weeks here, and so we're excited about that. Oh, very much so, yeah. Now, so she did not like Game of Thrones, but you you kind of were captured by Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, you know, um, did suck me in. And, and no, she, she's right. Uh, there are heads rolling, um, you know, pretty early in the show. Um, the, they, they throw a lot out at you in the, the very first episode. But um, uh, I, I definitely did enjoy this, this, this first season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know what? And there's some good moments, and the acting is really gritty and good. They have a, you know, what I first noticed was a, the, the cast. There's a lot of people from former sci-fi shows. Oh yeah. Um, the Lena Headley, she plays uh, um, the queen. Um, uh, Jamie Lannister. I don't know the actor's name, but he he's been a couple shows. He was elf. in the. Pardon? He was an elf. Okay. Well, he was. Uh, um, Let's see. He he was he was in that that uh, Ronald Moore show. Uh, he played the captain, and he also was in. A, it was just one season. It was called New Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so yeah, there's a um, and, and and of course um, um, Sean Bean. I mean, uh, he he's done oh, it all. Pff, come on, mm-hmm. you know, Boromir, right? Right. Right. From Lord of the Rings. So it's kind of a perfect fit because like same type of world almost. Pretty much, it's not you know not not a huge leap for him to go. To, you know, we call this a fantasy show, but the fantasy is really subtle. It's very subtle. It's, it's more, there. 
it, it's ver- what's going on with the characters, what's going on with it's a lot of it's a political intrigue. Uh, right. And it is very character driven. Very, very much very much so, yeah. Very much so. So if you want a good character driven show, you're gonna watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can get past George R. R. Martin being a perv. Yeah, I said then, that in the last show. <laughs> right, right, right. So um well let me ask you this. We got news this week that that the G.I. and Joe retaliation was pushed back nine months. Why, you may ask? Because they want to make it in 3D. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So here's what some of you were saying about it. Shadow Riddler says, whoa, seriously? Slash cry. Mm-hmm. And Adam, Adam Fada said, this makes me dislike 3D even more. This decision to go 3D should have been done while they started filming, not a month ago from release date. It, it seems like... Any big blockbuster movie, whether it be action, sci-fi, superhero, they're already filming it in 3D to begin with, so it just seems to make sense. I, I, I'm on the fence with 3D. I, some of it's good, some of it I could take her to leave. But from, from a practical logistical standpoint, it just seems to make sense just to shoot in 3D. That way it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was kind of looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. I had the, the the previews, the promos, the trailers look kind of cool. Didn't know if it's going to see in the theater, but it was definitely going on my Netflix list. Oh, I was going. to... Yeah, I probably wouldn't have seen it in theaters, but I would have rented it when it, when it came out. And but nine month delay, I just that's a lot. That's that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. Well, people reacted to Sanctuary getting canceled, and Lee Kemp had this to say: "Miles, I'm right there with you in this one. I really liked the show. It was not the best out there, but a good quality show nonetheless. Sorry to see it go." Yeah. And you had just commented that, uh, sad to say, it's getting the axe. Yeah, yeah. I saw that article on uh, Gatecast um, that um, uh, Ryan Robbins uh, had uh, tweeted to me because I had asked him. No, it wasn't, no, I, I take that back. That was an art. That was the first article he said where we're not sure where where, where Sanctuary is going. Um, but then uh, I found out later that it was gone. People also commented on Revolution, mm-hmm. the trailer, and said uh, Jason said. This looks awesome. I'll definitely be watching. Uh, Kirsty Steele said the pilot looks like it might be exciting, but it seems like this is yet another survivalist melodrama that gives us a teeny bit of the actual interesting overarching plot every week. Sorry, maybe being a little pessimistic. Hmm. She might be right, though. I mean, these shows survive on drama, but after a while, does that stuff get old? That's a legitimate question. Yeah, it is. Uh, Lee Kemp said, looks great to me. Looking forward to seeing it. Just hope they can keep the storyline going and not stall out. Our good friend JP said, I'll definitely give this a whirl. Hoping it doesn't spiral into a soap opera, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that seems to be the overarching concern. So, mm-hmm. um, And actually, uh, we mentioned Sherlock, and Jason posted Sherlock on our page. So let's talk about Sherlock again. We talked about, you know, Deanna wrote in about Sherlock, right? And she said this, uh, anyone watching Sherlock? And Jeff Gentry said, yes, I love both seasons, but I would advise buying it on iTunes or Blu-ray so you can see it without any cuts. Brian Lee loves it. Uh, Kathy Gona really wished there were more than three. Looking forward to seeing him as Khan. And Jason said, I've been watching it on PBS and PBS.com app without any cuts. It's been really good. Looking forward to seeing how he explains the Series 2 finale. Molly's involved somehow. This is what Deanna was saying, right? Jeff Gentry said, well, there are cuts in the live broadcast. The producers are asked to make these cuts to fit it into the time slot, but the iTunes versions don't have any. And um, and Deanna here said, loved it, been pondering the ending as well. And then she gave her theory that she emailed us to us. Right. So... 
I guess people are thinking it's somewhat sci-fi to put it in here. I, I suppose so, yeah. So maybe that's a question to ask you, our listeners. What makes Sherlock fit into the sci-fi genre of shows? Yes, I'd be curious to know what that was. Miles think. wants to know. Mm-hmm. So if you can feed us curiosity, email him at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. Or you can Twitter him at Son of Wharf as well, and that'll get there as well. Um, I think that's about it for our listener feedback show. I think it is too. That's a great, some great feedback mm-hmm. and some great discussions going on. Uh, by the way, we are going to be rewinding Total Recall in about two weeks. So if you want to jump into that, we're going to have Kalis on. And the man with the sexy voice. Right. <laughs> we're going to bring him on to talk Total Recall. We're going to talk some more Arnie here. And uh, if you want to be involved in that, you have about two weeks to get your information to us, your thoughts on Total Recall. And we're doing this, of course, in anticipation of the Colin Farrell Total Recall. Right. It's coming out. Mm-hmm. So you can get that information to us by calling us at one 888 508-4343. And by the way, you can leave any sort of feedback there, not just on Total Recall. Any shows you're watching, anything you're looking forward to this summer, any movies, Men in Black, Avengers you've seen, we would love to hear from you. You can also email us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com. And you can visit us at our website. Right. And there's forums, Facebook fan pages, and we want to thank everyone who continues to join the fan page. 314. That's great. Fans, so it's great. I remember we were struggling at 200. Mm-hmm. Seems like such a long time ago, right? I believe that's it. So, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We will see you.